This episode of the Jason Cabinet Experience is a replay of when I was a guest on the Veteran Semi-Professional Podcast hosted by Mark Delaney. I hope you enjoy it. This is the Jason Cabinet Experience hosted by Jason Cabinet. Join Jason as he talks to small business owners and startup founders and other interesting people as we gain great insights about business, people, leadership, HR, and how each guest strives to be great every day. The Jason Cavanis Experience is brought to you by Cavanis HR. Small businesses lose an average of $10,000 per small business employee and small business owners spend 25% of their time on HR. Time better spent taking care of employees, customers, and building their business. This is costing small business owners valuable time and money. Cavernous HR is solving this by delivering HR to companies with 49 or fewer people across the U.S. through a voice-enabled AI platform along with a HR business partner. Cavernous HR, focus on your business. We've got your HR. All right, everyone, the red light is on and we are recording. This is Mark and we are back for another episode of the Veteran Semi-Professional. So on this show, I interview veterans who are doing something, doing something cool, doing something interesting, all in an effort to help you out if you are looking at, you know, life after the military to show you like what some different career options are, to show you, uh, you know, different avenues to go you know, how to start a business, go down an entrepreneurial path, how to go to grad school, whatever it may be. And today's guest is going to be super cool to talk to. One, uh, he's going to the process of starting a company himself and he's kind of in a critical phase. And so this is going to be really cool to kind of talk to him in this moment of, you know, where he is and trying to, trying to get off the ground. Um, so Jason, why don't you take a moment and let everyone know who you are. Hey, Mark, thanks for having me on here. I really appreciate it for your time that you give me today. So my name is Jason Cabinets. Um, it's interesting sounding about me. So those of you who have done the Meyer Briggs test, I'm an INFJ. And according to all the stats, there's only 1% of us in the world, right? So we're few and far between. Like, and we, like, we think differently. And so we're like the introvert's introvert. However, comma, like, we're kind of different. So like on the introvert side, like if I meet someone at a networking event, I don't care, you know, about how your day's going. I mean, that's kind of mean to say, but I don't care about the weather or football team. I care about deep relationships. Having said that, I love to get in front of people and talk, right? Like putting me in front of a crowd of people, like hundred people, I'm golden, right? So I like doing those kind of things. Yeah. But we really definitely think differently. Um, I retired from the army um, in 2015, did 25 years, eight years enlisted, 17 years of officer. I was an adjutant general the, the whole time. Um, adjutant general, that's the army's version of HR. After, you know, got the army, found a couple, you know, post army jobs, didn't really work out. And then I got involved in the world of startups and tech, we'll start up. We're, I'm sure we'll talk about it in more detail later. Yeah, I'd love to kind of go back to that moment. You spent a, a, a long time, 25 years in the Army. I want to go back to that time of transition, of leaving the Army, heading back out into the, the wild of the civilian world. And I, I want to figure out, like, you know, what were some of those bumps along the way? Can you talk about you know, where you think you did well and where you think you could have improved in, in that, that period? Yeah, so I'll caveat that this was my experience, right? Everyone else experienced me different. Sure. And like some pros and cons. One pro I had, like, I've always believed in Wayne Gretzky's uh, philosophy. You miss 100% of the fast you don't take. So when I was transitioning, I came with a generic message where I sent out the, I knew I wanted to work either in the Seattle area where we're at right now or back home in Dallas, San Antonio, Austin, right? So I did a search on LinkedIn, HR directors, VPs, HR, right? And the basic message was, hey, I'm Jason Cavanaugh. I'm trying to army. 
you got time to you know do a one on one with me and explain to me how this, how I actually transition from doing military military HR to civilian HR and any you know have the job for us to look out for like then the key is like when you do that don't ask for a job right you know, just can't and you say hey random stranger who I work for give me a job right you got to kind of add value and build it right up. right so I think I said two hundred bit I sent two hundred messages out fifty people replied and I had meetings with thirty of them and so from there it just grew right so that's the thing I did well another thing you got to keep in mind too in the in the transition process. And again, this is from the Army point of view, but I'm going to presume all the other branches are pretty much the same. The transfer process is set for one size fit all, right? I mean, they don't have the resources to, like, you know, focus if you want to get a master's or focus if you want to start a business. It's, it's, a, it's a generic, you know, education process, right? You have to go through. Another challenge, too, like, perfect example, when I was going to transition process, with some, some of the bad that, that I saw, we were in a, a transition class. And this E5 came in and said, hey, uh, especially so-and-so, you know, you're supposed to be in the range right now. And the guy said, say, sorry, you know, I, I ETS in two weeks. I haven't done anything yet. And the sergeant said, uh, well, that's all fine and good, but my job is to make sure you're trained. You're in the Army, so I'm going to train you, right, and put them out, you know, like. Yeah, so, you know, that stuff oh was going gosh, on back man. then. Yeah. And, and then even better example, I was in another class with a colonel and a sergeant, command sergeant major, and they both made a statement. I wish I knew how important this was. I would have done a better job making sure my people went through this instead of like not letting them go right. Right, right. So that, you know, and, and I was a major when I get out and, you know, so I had some flexibility, but even then my, you know, my boss was Lieutenant Colonel was a G1, like, hey, JC, you know, you're still in the army, right? Like, what are you doing right? I need your help, right? Yeah. So it's always that yeah. push and pull, right? Yeah, yeah. I, I always kind of tell everyone like when I'm having that talk, especially about those, especially those last couple of months, really. Like there, there are things you have to do. And the good news, at least is, uh, for the transition program, for example, like if, if you're still in, and that, that is a mandated thing from from Congress. Okay, like know that you have to go through it. All right, and like you you have that top cover of saying, nope, like I, I have to go through this because Congress says so. All right, and it, it, that becomes this this point in your your military career, and I think it's a good microcosm of how you transition into the civilian life. Like you have to take ownership over those things that you're doing. Because you have to do them to get out of the military. There's all this, all those, you know, box you got to check and like the transition programs and going to the VA and medical checks and all that stuff. Like you have to do that and go through it and don't just, you know, sacrifice yourself because someone needs, you know, a piece of paperwork back to the office. In a couple of weeks, you're going to be gone and they're going to need to figure out how to do it without you anyway. The best part I saw when I, when I was enlisted, I was in Brigade of Fort Hood and First Cavalry Division. This is the best way I've ever seen it done. So the Brigade Sergeant Major had it set up where like if you were going to, I think I, I think it was like three or four months within your PCS ETS, you got put on permanent duty, right? So everyone on staff duty or seek or whatever was transitioning within three months, right? So that's that was your job, right? So you might have duty on Monday, be off for four days, duty on Saturday. So you wouldn't know when you had duty, but that was your job, like to, to pull staff duty or CQ, right? Let everyone else do their job, so to speak, and then transition. That's that's the best way I've ever seen it done. Yeah, yeah. That, that makes total sense. That makes total sense. So I also, I love the, the way you kind of explained how you got all those, those interviews and everything. And I, I think that's an excellent way to talk about getting that access. And, you know, I've said a million times to anyone that, you know, if you just throw an application online or into the portal or something, it's probably just, and, and I, I know you know this as an HR professional, it's probably just going to get kind of lost to the wind. If you want to get it to the top, if you want to find the person who can make that decision, you've got to have personal connections. And just asking someone to learn about their job is a fantastic way to get that connection. And then, you know, maybe possibly have a follow on conversation about, you know, you finding a job as well. When did the idea kind of start populating in your head of, you know what, I, I think I might see an opportunity to create something 
that I, you know, I want to pursue for, for myself here. So when I was, when I was doing all this, you know, connecting on LinkedIn with people, this guy named Mark Rowe reached out to me and he said, Hey Jason, my name is Mark Rowe. Have a startup called my phone. We want to have a college graduate, military business problem, job doing skill tests. Going on really their resumes, you know, put since you have some success. Can we meet in person? You tell me the army's helping you and other people know find jobs. I'm like, sure, one question for you. What the blank is a startup? Like I had no clue what that was, right? Like you just don't start companies. Companies already exist, right? Since right. the beginning of the time, right? right? What do you t- what is this nonsense you're talking about, right? So you know we laugh, we met, he explained all things startup to me. And the light bulb went off my head. I said, Hey, you know, you never mentioned HR. Why is that? Oh, HR, you know, that's way down the road, right? We gotta focus on MVP, product market fit, right. idea validation, on and on, right? Right. Another light bulb goes off. Hey, Mark, like we, we have a pretty good chemistry, like we're in a pretty good connection. Like I know you have no money to pay me because you have no, 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 he's playing our fundraising and stuff, how that works. Let me join your startup and learn all this stuff and I'll do HR for you later on. And, you know, he said, well, let me think about it. But, you know, me being me, you know, being army trained, I pretty much hired myself, right? I still go to meetings, start doing networking, all that kind of stuff. Right. And interesting, interesting side note, the person who did our um, design and person who did our marketing both graduated from high school with my daughter in Seoul, Korea in 2006. Oh, yeah. So that, that's pretty interesting. Working yeah, with them. yeah. Yeah. And, like, and like I was there for two years. Like, most times didn't make it. The two years, I was, I was there, like I said, I did everything except design and code. Like, a lot of networking, a lot of people. And I know this, man, none of these startups have HR. Like, of course, a few did with a lot of funding. Sure. Most of them HR. Maybe these, this might be a job I can do. So they tell you, you know, and if you did a pivot from the startups, you know, they have no fun, funds. They can't pay. I'm not going to do this pro bono. So I did a slight, slight pivot from startups to companies for now and a few people. So they tell you to do your business research according to SBA, Duns and Bastry, any, Anytime Research, um, McKinsey, all these other organizations. There's like five million companies with four and a few people in the United States. Most of them don't have HR. You know, a person like me, 50 to 80,000 per year plus benefits, you know, they can't afford that. And you have the HR consultants who we want to put out of business because they're overcharging price and delivering value. Like they may tell a small business owner, you know, I'm going to charge you $300 an hour. And oh, by the way, you know, you, you need an employee handbook. Small business owner, well, I know that. That's why I hired you. Can you make it for me? Oh, no, yeah. I don't make anything for you. I, I just tell you what you need. For you. So, yeah. Yeah. So I'm going to pay you money, tell you what I already know. Like, come on now. What kind of sense does that make you know? Yeah. Yeah. And then they tell you, validate your idea. So I talked to like 331 small business owners. And it's more detail on this, but, you know, would you pay for HR? It was, a, it was like affordable. And did what you wanted. 31% said yes. 19% it was like, I really don't know. And 10% said they would never pay for HR no matter what, right? And from there, I just wouldn't start to go from there. Yeah, I, I, I love that product, to, or excuse me, the, the, that path of, well, there's a few things I, I like about this whole story. So one, in, in getting started with the, the first startup that you're working with, it was, I'm just going to deliver value for you and not necessarily have a direct expectation of getting, you know, getting paid or anything for it. It's, I, I'm here and like I can deliver it on, when I show you that I deliver, you're going to want me because I can show you the, the value that I can provide. And then I love the, the process of finding, okay, there's kind of like this sweet spot in the market of companies that are like, this is a need. Everyone, everyone has people. Everyone has human resources they have to deal with. But having HR professionals can get expensive. Like they're, they're, they're full-time staff that aren't necessarily providing like direct revenue to you know, a small company that doesn't really have a whole lot of money anyway. So then how do you meet the challenges of dealing with the people in the company when you don't have the cash to do it and the consultants are, are charging you to tell you things you already kind of know. And then like, that's kind of where the, the idea formulated of, Oh, there's something I could create here that does this in a manner that provides value and is reachable to people. I, I love that. 
Thanks. Yeah. Yeah. So to kind of give us the, the, the quick line of like, what exactly is, uh, what exactly is your company and what exactly are the services that, that you seek to provide? The value proposition is Kevin's HR delivers HR to companies with 49 or fewer people through a voice enabled AI platform along with access to HR business partner. So, and so what we provide is like, like basic HR service, basic, basic HR compliance. So, um, employee handbooks, HR laws, HR policies, job descriptions, onboarding, uh, and the response to HR advice. And response to HR advice, examples I'll use, like you might contact us and say, Hey, Kevin's HR employee, why hasn't been working three days? What do we do? And we walk you through that, give you options. Or, or the better op- a better question is, hey, Kevin's HR, um, Susan isn't working out for us, right? She's been here for six months. She's toxic. She doesn't right. belong. Right. She fails everything. She's failed to performance plans. She's agreed to leave next week. Everything's signed and dotted. You know, everything's done. You know, she's ready to leave. We're going to give her a little bit of money to leave, several little separate packages, whatever the case may be. She told us yesterday she's pregnant. What do we do? And I believe most HR people would say, well, everything's signed and done. Let her go. We're more like, okay, as soon as she's gone, someone's going to say, might not be her, but some of her family, her friends, someone's going to say that you as a company fired a pregnant female. Right, right. And your employer brand is going to be destroyed. Like, we're not saying not to let her go, but you got to yeah. think of your employer brand, right? Because you're going to get right. destroyed. So, so, so those kind of things. And then we have partnerships with a, a payroll company called Every Payroll. Uh, they just raised a $10 million A round, so they're going to do payroll for us. And a couple of benefits companies and a background check company and a financial service company. So, like, add, add additional value to our, to our clients. Okay, so it's it's really like a full spectrum of like all, all the things from from payroll to a little bit consulting. It sounds like some like like a, a advice giving like, like you're you're in a tough spot. Here's kind of how we view managing this, as well as services and everything you really need to do to do human resources. That, that that's awesome. I, I think I heard you say somewhere in the the value proposition that there's there's AI involved as well. Yeah. So um, so the plan is like for the AI piece, like you'll go on the on the on the on the app. And you'll go, um, Kevin's HR, I'm thinking about opening up a, a, a restaurant in Dallas, Texas. What's the minimum wage in Dallas, Texas? Small business owner, the minimum wage in Dallas, Texas is 725 So, like, basic questions, the, the AI is going to be able to answer it. And something more complicated, you might go, hey, Kevin's HR, employee X is not working out. How do I go? No, about letting them go. Small business owner, this is outside my scope. You would like to send me some uh, potential times to meet you with your HR business partner. So that's the division, but we're, we're a ways away from there. Gotcha. Gotcha. But I, I, I see the, the idea being of like the, the constraint with having like a HR consultant is like you have a, you have a person who has to sit there and process that that takes up time, time costs money, having some type of AI platform, you can automate some of those questions and that becomes cheaper than for, for the customer who's seeking a, a cheap solution in this process. I love that. One thing people don't realize about it was HR, like I'll take an employee handbook, for example. Most employee handbooks are going to be 90% the same. Things called boilerplate, right? Because the right. law is not going to change, right? Right. Like right. Do. So only, only 10% of stuff really changed. So a lot of this stuff, I believe, can be easily automated. And you also want to automate the um, onboarding process to make that quicker and better, too. Yeah. Yeah. And I know, I mean, everyone can probably imagine back to transitioning units at some point in the military and the, the onboarding isn't always exactly what you want it to be. You know, sometimes it's like you show up and it's like, okay, here's your t-shirt. And like, we're going to the range the next day. Uh, we'll get you on board in next week. And then next week rolls by and, you know, there's a million things that we've gotten done in between now and then. But it, it's an important part of the process of getting someone within the organization. I mean, there's all the mechanical aspects of you need to get them in the payroll and you know, get them signed up for benefits and all, all that kind of stuff. But then there's like the, the broader 
fit and like cultural aspect of having that person feel included into the company and like what the company is trying to do. So I know in, in working through this as well, you're involved with a number of different um, like veteran entrepreneurship programs. Can you talk a little bit about some of those uh, that you've had experience with? Yeah. So I'll talk about three of them. The first one I'll talk about is Patriot Bootcamp. Uh, they're a nonprofit out of, um, I believe, the Bay Area. And they, they do, and they're actually sponsored by Techstars. So yeah. you should know about Patriot Bootcamp. They were started by a guy named Taylor McAmore, who has like no, really no military veteran experience. But he took the, the, the program to uh, the, the head of Techstars, and he started this, this great program called Patriot Bootcamp. You know, pre-COVID, they would do like, you know, quarterly in-person events, you know. They do lunch and learn. So they did a really great job of that. And I just took a part of a program they put on called Patriot Bootcamp Elite 8, where, you know, the top eight companies in Patriot Bootcamp did like an eight-week eight accelerator. So I'm sponsored by Google for Startups. That's a great program. And they're you know, doing a lot of stuff for veteran entrepreneurs. And a program I'm in now called NYU Future Labs out of New York City. I think we're the three, third cohort, maybe the fourth cohort. So with them, you know, pre-COVID, was what it's supposed to be was, you know, September 2020, September 21, you know, a year in Brooklyn, New York. Free housing, free workspace, you know, of course, they didn't, they didn't go. But then, you know, they still gave me like, I want to say like $50,000 AWS credits, uh, access to PitchBook. For those who don't know what PitchBook is, PitchBook is just basically like a research tool you research investors, right? Right. So if you're raising funds, instead of like sending, you know, random emails to a thousand investors, you can like, kind of like tailor it down. Okay. Like me, I'm, I'm B2B SaaS AI. It'd be a waste of my time to send an email to someone who only invests in like consumer and the C run, right? Right. So right. that's a good deal. And PitchBook is like expensive. Like just for a startup, it's like 25000 a year, right? So that's, that's just a great help. Ooh, okay. I didn't know that. Yeah. Yeah. That's yeah, huge. It's expensive. Just a startup there. Yeah. Right. So that's a, I mean, that's a big deal. And then, um, then I got, uh, not free legal advice, but deferred legal advice for coming, coming to Oracle Legal. And think about Oracle Legal, like New York City, but, I, I, I could be saying this wrong, but I believe like five of the top 10 tech companies in the United States use them. And I believe like 16 of the top 35 in the world use Oracle Legal for Tech Rights. So just when I'm getting ready to pitch, you know, I can put on my pitch deck, you know, legal yeah. by Oracle Legal Rights. So that's a big right. thing. Yeah. And they, and they do like lunch and learns and there's so much stuff they do. I mean, it's, it's, a, it's a great program. And they're actually uh, taking applications now for the next cohort. So NYU Future Labs is taking applications now. Oh, that's awesome. And then the one I've been... What I've been involved with the longest is Bunker Labs. Um, Bunker Labs is a national nonprofit. And there's like, there's startups, I mean, not startups, there's nonprofits help, you know, help military veterans. Like, when I say military veterans, I mean like the whole community, like, you know, veterans, retirees, dependents, you know, spouses, yeah. all that kind of stuff. So there's plenty of nonprofits help us on jobs, help us like PTSD, mental health, but we nothing out there to help us like start companies, right? And so, so based on stats, after World War II, like 80% of veterans started companies. That's on like 5 to 6%. Yeah. Starting companies. And so, so we have, and the big thing too, we have people who's network, right? Like, like for me, when I was at Fort Lewis, I never went to Seattle to network or if you're a Fort, you're not going to Austin, right? So you right. have you help them do that. And the simplest, so like, how do you name your company? You know, how do you do a logo? What's Google analytics? You know, what's SEO? I mean, the basic, basic, right? You go from there. Yeah. And so with that, it's a program called a launch lab online that we do that. And the second part is a, a thing called Veterans and Residents, and we're taking an application for this right now, also until April fifteenth. But I'm sure it's going to get to get um extended. So Veterans Residents is a partnership we have with WeWork, where WeWork provides a free space for like eight veterans in twenty cities, right? And so basically, it's a free space. Of course, pre I mean that's pre COVID, right? Right. COVID is like kind of different, you know, kind of virtual. But basically, you get free space for six months, and 
you get so like here in Seattle, we're at twelve one third Avenue, so we have twenty four seven access here. We also have access to any rework in the world. So one one guy was the court like two courts two three hours ago. He has an import export business from China. He spent a month in Singapore using the Singapore rework, right? Yeah, I've used the one in San Francisco, Dallas, Fort Worth, you know, Austin, you know. And plus, just all their networking stuff we can do for you. And then we like weekly, weekly huddles, pitch competitions. Yeah. So the, for me, the, for the big three ones I really take advantage of is um, Patriot Bootcamp, NYU um, Veterans Future Labs, and Bunko Labs. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, yeah. A, a few a few points I want to I want to touch on here for the audience. Um, I think you might be the first person I've had on here who went through Patriot Bootcamp. Uh, and so for those, so Jason referred to TechStars. So TechStars is a like very, very serious uh, startup accelerator. So essentially what they do is, um, and I don't know their, their total plan on how they incorporate like funding, if it's like dilutive, if they include funding or not. I, I don't know those details, but essentially there's different accelerators in cities all across around the world where if you have a startup, you can apply and they kind of uh, like mentor you through the process. They connect you with good resources. You kind of get some like, you know, some legal advice, kind of some of the resources that, that Jason talked about. And so having that partnership between Techstars and Patriot Bootcamp uh, is a really cool, unique partnership between a like, very well-established brand in the, the startup you know, accelerator world and you know, an organization that's working just with veterans. So that's super cool. Um, additionally to uh, NY Future Labs, I know NY Future Labs and Bunker Labs both, I have short episodes that are like 10 minutes long on each one of those, kind of just talking about you know, what they offer. And Jason did a fantastic job of kind of covering the, the wave tops of what those organizations do. Um, I mean, if, if nothing alone, like free housing in Brooklyn for, for six months is, is, is huge. Yeah. That's pretty cool. And actually, actually, actually it's a year. Oh year. Okay. Excuse me. Yeah. Awesome. Yeah. Awesome. Yeah. And I mean, like there, there's, I mean, Brooklyn's got a, a great entrepreneurial community too. So that's a fantastic place to be, uh, to try and get started. And I believe also with, uh, NYU, they have a pairing with their like engineering lab or something. So if you're like, you know, Jason's working on a, a software as a service product, but if you're thinking of more of a like actual physical thing, and I'm like, you know, for those of you who are listening, I'm like shaping my hands, like it's an object or something, but some type of like actual products that needs to be physically engineered. Basically you can like work right alongside the people who would actually be physically creating that to come up with, you know, your initial design, your, your MVP of like whatever the thing is going to look like. And then, uh, go ahead. You got something to say? Hey, Mark, also I forgot, NYU also gives me access to free, like, quote unquote, free interns too yeah. in the process. That's been a big help too. Oh, awesome. Are these like NYU undergrads or something? Yeah, yes. Awesome. Super cool. Yeah, no, it's always good to, to get help, especially when you're just getting started and everything. And then uh, with Bunker Labs, even if you're not necessarily looking to start a company or anything, I, I highly encourage you to, to seek out the Bunker Labs in your city. Uh, I know... I used to go to the events in Durham, North Carolina before I moved up to Charlottesville. And there would, it was probably about like half and half of the crowd there. Half people were entrepreneurs or, you know, were thinking about starting something or already running a business. And then the other half were just vets who maybe like worked for a regular company and just either were seeking out, they just kind of like wanted the, the camaraderie of the group, or maybe they worked for a company that had services, which would be of value to you as a, as a veteran entrepreneur. So I always got a lot of value out of the events. I thought they were super cool and they're usually sponsored with like, you know, free food and booze too. So that's always a, it's always a good plus, right? So yeah, those, those are some, some fantastic organizations and it's cool to hear that you're 
not just like participating in the bunker labs, but you're also like, and, and it seems to be very involved in a, in the process as well. So can you, can you tell us a bit about like where, where Cavanus HR is in the, in, in the process and like what, what's kind of going on with the company at the moment? So right now at Cabinet CHR, we're like that, you know, like the messy middle, so to speak, right? Like we know we, we know what we want to do, know where, where you want to get to, but we're like trying to figure out right. Right. And so I'll, I'll go on like several different episodes, right? The one thing when you start a company that most people don't realize is how long it's going to take, right? Like really no one who starts a company and six months later is like Mark Zuckerberg, right? No, like, no, like no. I say on my podcast all the time, like people forget that it took Steve Jobs a while, like eight years to make Apple, Apple, right? Right. It has just become Apple, you right. know? And then I always, I always thought the, the interview that Mark Zuckerberg did when Facebook, like, quote, unquote, made in, I think, 2010, hey, Mark, what's it like to be overnight success? Well, if you're counting the six years I spent coding my dorm room as a part of overnight success, then yes, overnight success, right? Yeah, yeah. So not, and not only that, people don't remember all the people are going to come and go, right? Yeah. Like, there's this stereotype, join a startup, you know, get stock options and be a millionaire in six months. I mean, it doesn't work like that, right? Yeah. It's, it's a slow process. You got to have patience. So on that part right there, and right now we're actually doing a crowdfunding campaign to help raise money for Cabinet HR until April 28th. And so the master plan is do the crowdfunding campaign, raise money with that, and of course raise customers, finish the MVP, and while the, while the crowdfunding campaign, MVP build out, and getting customers going on, hopefully all that syncs up, and then be able to go to start fundraising our seed round, be able to say, hey, you know, potential investors, re-raise, you know, of course give them all like the the business idea of validation, how that process worked. And also, you know, on the pitch deck, hey, we raised, you know, X amount of money through crowdfunding and like X amount of people backed us up. So we valid, kind of validated the idea again, right? Right. And oh, by the way, we have like, you know, 20 customers, 20 pre-sales, and that case may be right and go with that, you know? And another thing I want to bring up to and think about it, if you have a startup company, I highly recommend get a board of advisors, right? Even, especially if you're a solo founder. Yeah. Because if you're a solo founder, a lot of people don't want to invest in solo founders because, you know, it's like more risky, whatever. But a board of advisors is kind of validates, it validates your idea. And so for me, I have, a, I, have, I have four people on my board of advisors. One is a guy named Todd Dean. He used to be a president of Creature Form in Seattle. That's like a nationwide um, angel investing firm. And he's actually retired. He came, he's, he's on there. Then there's a Dr. D'Anthony Miles out of San Antonio. He's like a startup market expert. He had written, he's written like 10 books on startup marketing. He's won some awards. He's actually done a TV show in Atlanta based on Atlanta startups. And then there's... Um, Kevin Goldsmith, he's a former VP of Spotify, a former CTO of Avo. He has like four extensive tech experience. Yeah. And with him, I can say, you know, I'm, I have a tech startup, you know, but I don't really tech. I can say, hey, I have a tech advisor, right? And so you got to, if you're a board advisor, you need to like put people under that kind of like, you know, focus on skills you're trying to weaken, right? And then they say you have a superstar. So my final one, and my first three all came from being guests on the podcast, right? That I have. So I was able to oh, awesome. look that into yeah, that you know, into that. My final one is like David Metzler. So David Metzler, like kind of like the superstar person. So you should try to get a superstar if you can. So David Metzler, he's like a big time sports uh, agent. He owns a company called I think Sports One Marketing with Warren Moon. And for those who know who Gary Vaynerchuk is, which hopefully most of you know who Gary Vaynerchuk is, David Metzler is one of Gary's business advisors. So I guess, and like when I pitch, people say, "How do you get David Metzler on there?" Right? And I tell a quick story how I got him on there. So. I pitched for him for a two minute, a two minute pitch competition. I came second, free year of you know, free year of coaching from him and all kind of stuff. And since I went to the VR to like do weekly huddles, I invited him to kind of speak. And he said, "I'll speak for twenty minutes." He ended up speaking like an hour and a half, right? Yeah. Then that and some other stuff. Like I said, I know he's a big San Diego um, Charger fan. I had a couple of throwback jerseys I sent to you, you know. So at value, value, and they asked me to be on the board of advisors. He said yes, right. 
Yeah. So definitely yeah. have a board board of virus if you can. And, and right now we're just on part right, you know, the messy middle, so to speak, like, like, yeah. What, what, what I really like about a lot of like the strategy you're, you're talking about and in, in starting, starting cabinets HR is there's, I, I see a lot of strategy in your strategy to sound really stupid right now, but you know, you talked about, uh, choosing like your, your, your board members sound very deliberate and like each one of them provides value. And I think a lot of times it, it's easy to think if you're trying to like raise money or something for a company, like, okay, I just want someone who's just going to give me money. Like I just want money. Like I need money to, to make the things happen. But investors are more than just money. Like they're also someone you want, like you want them in your corner to like, you know, use the boxing analogy. You want someone who's going to, you know, pitch on your behalf or who's going to make connections for you to potential customers. You want someone who's going to be there to provide you thoughts and everything. It's not just a check. Um, and it sounds like you're you know, the, the board of advisors that you have around you are people that also do a good job of lending credibility to you when you're talking about the business. So it was like, I, I remember what my thought was now you were mentioning a, it was Oracle Laurel uh, law firm in New York. Oracle legal. Yeah. Oracle legal. Yeah. Thank you. And just having like that stamp of approval from like, okay, this has been looked over by Oracle legal. It's like, Whoa, okay. This isn't just some like, you know, crazy fly by the night, seat of pants kind of startup here. Like they've, they've got some sense of credibility to them too. And having like those, those uh, members of your board of advisor who like have those names that have some pull again, it just provides you a sense of credibility. It's like, okay, this guy was able to, you know, convince this person that this company is worthwhile and it's worthwhile spending their time and energy on. And maybe, Oh, maybe I should also think about that because that, that sounds pretty good. Could you talk a little bit about uh, just for someone who doesn't know what crowdfunding is and kind of like how that works in the process? Yeah. So crowdfunding, usually people think about Kickstarter when they do crowdfunding, right? Cause Kickstarter is like, you know, products like tents, skateboards, water bottles. Yeah. To be honest, it never occurred to me to do a, like a crowdfunding campaign. Like that's not for me. I'm a software company. Right. Right. But I have a good friend out of Austin, um, Anthony Gant. He's actually active duty Marine major, part of Bunker Labs. He does city leader stuff. His company is like basically think of it as, Air, as Airbnb for people doing military PCS moves. And he did an equity crowdfunding. I'm doing a rewards based one. He did equity funding. And only reason I found out about because he was doing posts on LinkedIn. Also, another like caveat if you're an entrepreneur, you got to push yourself out there, right? You got to post yeah. on LinkedIn, social media. I mean, you gotta, I'm not saying you have to be like Gary Vaynerchuk or Joe Rogan or Elon Musk. But right. man, no one's going to buy you if they don't know who you are. Right. So you got to put yourself out there. So Anthony was doing posts on LinkedIn, you know, asking people like, the, you know, he had a nice video, asking people like, no, no, donate for equity. And he raised like, I think he raised like around $400,000, $500,000. I was like, whoa, like, maybe let me look into this, right? So I had a good conversation with him. And okay, maybe I, let me go with this, right? But basically, like, for, for equity crowdfunding, you might donate, you know, like $10,000 for 2% of the company. There's a, of course, there's a formula for it. And for, for rewards-based crowdfunding, of course, anyone can donate to, to a crowdfunding campaign any amount. But like, if you give $10, I'll give you a public thank you. Like, If me and you are connected on Facebook or LinkedIn, I'll say, I want to thank you, you know, at John Brown for donating, supporting my crowdfunding campaign, you know, blah, 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 blah. Yeah. $75 a t-shirt. Then if you give $250, I do like a blast across social media. Like, like I'm not like a Joe Rogan or Gary Vaynerchuk, but I have like 45,000 followers across social media. Yeah. So plan is like you $250, like you give a blast across social media, like your company links, whatever you want me to host, or what you want me to do. Maybe do an ad for you on the podcast, you know, and then like uh, webinars, eBooks, and then we like a, like a, group, a, a, a big discount if you sign up for a year for Cabin's HR. And there's, there's many ways. And I have another um, friend of mine, John Neff. I'll give him a shout out. He's also one of the follow um 
Seattle, another city leader in, in uh, Seattle. He has a tent. He's doing a Kickstarter for it on May 13th. And think of a tent, but think of it as a, conver- as a convertible tent, right? So okay. it's like, it's like backs up like that. So it starts May 13th. He's doing one too. And plus to me, it's just another way to validate your idea, right? Like, yeah. like, like yeah. suppose I, you do a crowdfunding campaign and you raise like $25. Like, okay, maybe, you know, maybe you need to think about doing something else, right? But you raise like, you know, 10,000, 20,000, maybe that's something different. But, but it's a lot of work, right? Like I had to do video. Yeah. Send a direct message on on sales navigator. It's, it's it's a lot of work. Yeah. 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 I think it's a, first of all, what, what, what platform are you using for your crowdfunding? It's on a Indiegogo. Indiegogo. Okay. All right, cool. Yeah. I'll make sure that everyone's got the link to that and everything. Um, I believe it was, it was, I'm going to get some level of the, the legalese here wrong. Everyone. I was a couple of years ago, the USA jobs act changed. So before it used to be pretty much impossible to invest in any type of startup as a, a non-accredited investor. And the traditional definition of that is you have to either be making 200K a year or have a net worth of a million dollars. So like you had to have those qualifications in order to invest in a startup. The Jobs Act a couple of years ago came along, changed. Um, there, it's not necessarily wide open to anyone. But now there's a couple of different platforms out there where if you're a startup, you can raise money via a crowdfunding campaign and you can have non-accredited investors. So someone who's making, you know, 80 grand a year or whatever, uh, invest money into your startup and they're, you know, they're getting a, a, a tiny bit of equity in it or, you know, the, the route that, that Jason's taking of some type of like rewarding kind for whatever that investment is to, to get started. And I, I really appreciate you saying that it's, it's not, you're not just going to like post your startup on there and sit back and relax and like raking the money. It's a lot of work um, to, to plan and everything too. I know the, the typical, this is like for Kickstarter. So, you know, a, a little bit different of a kind of like a, a campaign model, but I think the typical idea is like, if you're not raising like 25% of your target fund within like 24 hours, then it's like pretty much not even worth it. And so like all that is saying is like, it takes a lot of work beforehand too. So like when you get started, you're getting some like money coming in and you're not just sitting at the bottom of the, of the search query somewhere. So I think it's really cool that you're, you're taking that path to try and raise some money. There's a lot of ways to do it. And this is just one of the tools in the toolbox there, everyone. So I want to talk a bit about your, your podcast, because it sounds like it's been a pretty successful way to connect with people as well. Can you talk a bit like what the show is and kind of how long you've been doing it? Yeah, so I've been doing like maybe two years. Um, and it started off with this Cabinet HR podcast. And originally it was like, you know, stalking the founders, small business owners, tech. It was like way too vague, right? And it's it basically a way to like, you know, meet, meet customers. And then maybe about a year ago, I changed it to the Jason Cabinet experience. And well, so when I first did the Cabinet HR podcast, like I had no idea what I was doing, right? It was horrible. You know, I didn't know how to edit. But I, I, I was purposely only doing 30 minute talks because it took me like three or four hours to edit, right? But I finally figured out how to edit it, like how to speed up, you know, not, like, like, um, I'm sure you know, like how you like, you listen to podcasts, like twice speed, right. You can actually edit twice speed too. Right. right. So you know, I figured all that stuff out. So I started like logging talks, right. So I had to talk yesterday with John Neff in person, like two hour talk, you know, and now it's like founders, small business owners, and other, other interesting people. So other interesting people will be like, uh, I had to talk with a guy here in Seattle named Quentin Morris. He's a master violinist. Like he oh, has a cool. nonprofit. He he teaches well. He teaches people how to play the violin. Yeah, he's played in the Lulu, um, that place in New York City, uh, Radio City Music Hall. You know, so oh, like, yeah. kind of well known. So those kind of things, you know. But it's, it's been it's been a great experience. You meet a lot of great people. And for everyone listening right now, I know that you know it, it's just audio, not video, and everything. 
like I'm looking into to Jason's studio right now and he clearly has a much more professional setup than I do. I'm uh, in my apartment, like in between my two closets right now. And Jason looks like he's in some side of like master studio going on. It looks super impressive. I'm jealous. I'm jealous. <laughs> thanks. Thanks. Yeah. Yeah. It, it, I encourage anyone. I've had some classmates reach out to me who have like an idea for a podcast or something. And I think in particular, um, there can be value in if you're trying to, to start something like it, it enables you to become a, an expert air quotes going on here in your niche and allows you to like establish a voice. And just like you talked about, you know, if you're an entrepreneur and you're, you're trying to start a business, like you have to be ready to put yourself out there and be ready to talk about your business. And a podcast is a, is a platform to do that, to show one, like, you know, this is a space that I care about. This is a, a problem that I'm interested in, but also it provides you a way to connect with potential board members and like connect with potential customers and figure out like where the problems are. And it, it can become a very useful tool as you're trying to figure out all the intricacies of your business when you're in that, that messy middle, like you talked about. And one thing like with, with, with podcasts, like since I started the podcast, I know 30 people started one, right? Only two right. are still doing right. Yeah. So you got to yeah. keep with it. And, and, and like, as you know, podcast stats are like, oh, like pretty much crap, right? No one can really tell how many episodes you're doing, right? Or how many downloads, listens, it's all the place. Right. But if I remember correctly, um, somewhere said like the average podcast only gets 96 downloads. Yeah. And so you think, why am I going to do all this work for 96 downloads? But think about it. If you were the opportunity to speak in front of 96 people once a week at some random location, wouldn't you take it? I'm going to think the answer would be yes, right? Yeah. 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 And you know, I, I tell people about this show too. Uh, they're like, how do you get guests for the show, Mark? I'm like, are you kidding me? All I do is reach out to someone and say, hey, do you want to talk about yourself for 45 minutes? No one says no to that. <laughs> they're, they're pretty, all- pretty simple sale. Yeah. Pretty yeah. simple sale. Yeah. 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 It's super easy. And I get to learn from them and the audience does too. And then I usually end up being a pretty good conversation too. So it's kind of a win-win all the way around. That's a good point. Like I've done like 200 episodes. I, have, I think I may have one bad conversation. Like one person came on like, like use Carl salesman mode, right? Right. But the rest of them have been great. Yeah. 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 Well, Jason, I think we're kind of kind of wrapping down the show a little bit. Um, and in a minute, I'm going to turn it back over to you. Just kind of provide any last thoughts, words of wisdom, uh, let everyone know, you know, where they can find out more about Cabinet HR. But uh, before I do, I always have a, a question I'd like to end the show on. And if you can reflect back into your, your 25 years in the army, where was the best chow hall you ate at or the worst one, whichever one comes to mind or both? So the best chow hall was uh, when I was still on this, I was an E4 at Fort Jackson, South Carolina. Uh, that's my second duty location. I, I, we were at a, we're in a AIT, AIT union for like mechanics. Uh-huh. Best chow hall because every Thursday they did like a surfing turf. Every oh, Thursday, yeah. surfing turf at lunch. Yeah, everyone from post ate there. Like, like on like on a Tuesday, the regular day, you get, you get in at twenty minutes. And on on a Thursday, it was like hour wait. Yeah, yeah. But that's the by far. I mean, that was back in like like man like. 1991, 1992, and that is easily the best job. I mean, those are not even really close. And I mean, that's, uh, the, the, I just remember like the class they had, the organization, right? You know, the pride everyone had in the in the, in the showmanship. You know, he ran like he, he ran like a five scale restaurant, right? Yeah, yeah, yeah. Some of those army chefs are are incredibly impressive. I and mean, there's some people who are just doing some awesome stuff back there in the chow hall. It's really cool. Um, the the usual two answers I get: it's either a Air Force chow hall. Or it's somewhere that did surf and turf. Those are like the the two usual suspects of best chow halls. Um, and, and when I say surf turf, I don't mean like a little eight ounce New York steak. I'm like 
they were doing T-bones, prime ribs, oh, like okay. lobster. I mean, like the real deal, like, you know. Heck yeah. Yeah, yeah. Well, Jason, this has been a, a great conversation and, and thank you for joining me this afternoon. Uh, I just want to pass it back over to you. So one, if you have any like, kind of last thoughts for anyone who's, who's on the left side of transition and is thinking about what life's going to look like after, uh, kind of touch on that. And then, you know, I'm going to give you a final opportunity to talk about you know, where people can find out more about Cavanus HR. So if you're transitioning, well, first I'll say this, everyone's economic situation is different. Right. But if you can afford to, like when you get out, take some time off, you know, I mean, most of us can't, you know, but I mean, if you can, like, is, do you really need to start a job while you're still, you know, in like in the military, so to speak, you know, if you can afford it, you know, take some time off, decompress, you know, reconnect with your wife or your spouse, your family, right? But you know, of course, I realize most people can't do that. And, you know, but take the time to find out that was right for you. Because there's an article done in the Army Times, maybe a long time ago. They said like 90% of us, 90% of military veterans have two jobs two years after we get out, right? And the reason being because you find a job that this really doesn't fit you, all, all kind of reason, right? And another thing too, realize too, like most civilians have no idea what military veterans do. Like it's very, very low, right? Most, most civilians have no idea what a general does or private does, right? Like right. we're all lumped together. And another thing too, I say like, it's just the case with me and a lot of people when I got out, you can't say, you know, I'm a, staff sergeant or I'm this or that. So I deserve to have this equal job, right? Right. Because you can't say, you know, I retired as a major. So that should mean I should be a VP of HR for Microsoft. Right. I mean, it doesn't work like that. Right. And you have to like humble yourself, so to speak. Right. Now, don't get me wrong. Like, don't you know if you're like a lieutenant colonel, you probably don't need to take some kind of HR coordinator job. Right. But just keep in mind all kind of stuff. So here's a quick story for you. It kind of explains what I'm talking about. So when I, was, when I was transitioning, I was, I, was, I was doing an interview for a big corporation in Seattle and I applied for this job and the recruiter, it's a phone interview, the recruiter said, well, hey, Jason, um, I realize you applied for this for one job and I see you told me this before, but we actually want you to interview for the job below it. I said, well, can I ask why? Well, the job you applied for has five direct reports. This other one doesn't have any. So I was like, well, you know, I was a major reports, blah, 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 you know, charge a lot of people, all this kind of stuff going on. And she said, we're not missing a beat. Well, we can appreciate that, but here at our company, we let our employees have input to the supervisors, and we know y'all don't do that in the army. Mm. And I, like, I was just, I was just blown away, right? I was like, well, this yeah. is probably the right job for me, then, right? Yeah. And so that stuff is out there, and you gotta, you know, yep. you gotta be prepared for that kind of stuff, unfortunately. Yeah, for sure. And then, um, and then for advice, so, uh, so one thing, two things. One, just get started, right? If you want to start a company, start a podcast, learn to play the violin skydiving, whatever it is, just get started, right? There's never going to be the perfect time. There's always going to be a reason not to do it. Just get started. And then for the entrepreneurs out there or people who already have a business, there's always these metrics that you're going to fail, right? 9% of companies fail, you know, fail, fail, fail. You're going to see, you're going to hear no all the time, fail, all this kind of stuff. Everyone wants to while like fantasize, like expect success, right? Like expect you're going to succeed. Like, like me, every once in a while, I just kind of fantasize. What if I do raise $3 million? You know, how's that going to affect my business? How's it going to do that stuff? So I would say yeah. like, you know, just get started and expect success. I love that. I love that. I love that. So where can people find out more about, about Cavanus? Uh, you said the confident campaigns on Indiegogo, correct? Yeah. So uh, for social media, like I'm pretty much everywhere on social media. As a little joke, if you can't find me on social media, you're probably not on social media <laughs> stuff, right? Because I'm like, I'm on like LinkedIn, Facebook, right. Twitter, yeah. TikTok, Snapchat. What I do on TikTok, I do like daily HR tips when I can. I just like daily updates. Um, so I'm really bullish on TikTok. I know a lot of people think TikTok is trash, like you no know, females dance or whatever, but there's sure. a lot of good stuff on there. There is. There An is. example I'll use two, two examples. There's one lady on there. 
she's like a LinkedIn sales expert. She does like daily LinkedIn, daily TikTok sales tips on there for a small right. business. And there's a guy on there too. I can't think of his name, but he's like 75, 80, 80 years old. He's a psychiatrist, right? He does a little dance and he does a psychiatry trip, a mental health trip in like uh, Spanish and English, right? Oh, cool. So I mean, that's like any social media platform. Like any other social media platform, there's trash, but there's good stuff on there too. Sure. So, but um, pretty much any social media, media platform, either Jason Cabinets or Cabinets HR. And then for the crowdfunding campaign, the link is HTTPS CabinetsHR.co slash crowdfunding. And uh, it'd be great for you to donate or uh, share with your networks. Yeah. To your yeah. listeners. Well, awesome stuff, J- Jason. I'll be, uh, I'll be sure to share that out to everyone. Thank you so much for coming on this afternoon. This was a, this was a great talk and I'm, I'm looking forward to seeing where, where Cabinets HR goes, man. This was awesome. Thank you for your time. I really appreciate this. This yeah. was a lot of fun. Thank you for listening to this episode of the Jason Cavnis Experience. Be sure to connect with us across social media at Cavnis HR. Thank you and remember to be great every day. You've got to pump it up, don't you know? Pump it up. You've got to pump it up, don't you know? Pump it up. You've got to pump it up, don't you know? Pump it up. You've got to pump it up, don't you know? Pump it up. You've got to pump it up, don't you know? Pump it up. You've got to pump it up.